Our culture has led us to believe that the teen years are wasted years. They're ones that our, say, 13 to 19-year-olds are going to live in rebellion, rejecting everything that their parents have ever said to them. But our culture is wrong. These years do not need to be wasted. They can be the best years of bonding with our teenagers, of watching them grow into young adults. But how do we, as intentional homeschool parents, raise teenagers that goes completely countercultural? It is 100% possible, and we're going to talk about that today. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, homeschool Mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. I am really excited to discuss this topic today. It is something that is near and dear to my heart and something that I have thought about and been intentional with my husband for, well, let's say almost 20 years now. But before we get started, I want to read you a testimony from Rosary from Washington. She walked through my homeschool course with me and she was such a blessing to get to know and to watch her grow in her confidence and in her knowledge of homeschooling as she brought her teenager home from the public high school. Rosary says, as a new homeschool mom who never thought about homeschool as an option, Lee's course put me at ease. I learned a wealth of knowledge. If I hadn't have joined her program, I know that I would still be lost, frustrated, and probably stressed out of my mind. As of today, I'm pretty confident about where I am as a new homeschool mom. My daughter loves homeschooling, and I know that we're on the right track, and Lee's course helped us get there. If you are pulling a high schooler home, middle schooler, elementary schooler home from the public school system, and you're feeling like Rosary did... Check out the link in the show notes and let's get connected so that we can get you a homeschool up and running. And maybe you have been homeschooling for a little while and you're feeling overwhelmed and you're like, wait a minute, what Rosary said, I want that. Then let's get you into Hello Homeschool Academy, Mama. I have no doubt that you have run into this scenario. You have your sweet little baby in your arms, cooing and just just so absolutely adorable and innocent. And some well-meaning person says to you, Aw, look at your sweet baby, and then proceeds to give you a warning about how terrible the teen years will be. Your sweet baby is going to turn into a monster, and we just kind of, (laughs) okay, smile, and especially as a brand new mom, what a terrible thing to say. Here they are just trying to enjoy these sweet baby years, and you're throwing dread onto them for something that's going to happen in maybe 13 years. I have no doubt that this person is not vindictive. They don't have anything ill against you. They just are repeating what they believe is to be normal within our culture and society. And then we, as parents, we accept this fate, and then we actually create and allow this type of scenario. When my firstborn was just a baby over 19 years ago, this exact situation happened to me multiple times, and I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I should just enjoy this time right now. And as the years went by, it just didn't feel right. I was like, wait a minute, 
in all of history, we haven't necessarily allowed teens to go wild. Just think back even 100, 150 years ago. Teenagers didn't have the time to go wild. They basically were needed by their family to help with the survival of their family, the existence of them. They didn't have the freedom to do so. And based on basically the industrial revolution and the way that our society is structured right now, teens they have that time, they have that freedom, they aren't needed in order to keep their family alive. And so what do you expect teens to do when they aren't given purpose or reasons for contributing positively to the family and to the society and your community? I made the conscious decision to be intentional. And in our society, the teen years, we accept as normal, we accept rebellion we accept laziness, we accept bad attitude, and we say, oh, that's just normal. Okay, normal is maybe your normal, but that's not going to be my normal in my house. And I put my foot down and I planted a stake and I said, this is not what is going to happen with our family and with our children. Now, I'm not saying that I can guarantee that it will not, but I knew that it would have to be extra hard for my teens to reach the level of laziness and rebellion and bad attitudes that our culture just accepts because I wasn't going to passively let it happen. But from the position I was coming in, putting forth, raising our children in prayer, the norm was not going to be my family's experience. And I decided that when my oldest was still just a toddler preschool uh, type of age. Now our parenting is in no way perfect because none of us are perfect. But I had no idea that the teen years could be so much fun that I didn't have to look at it with dread, which I did when they were super little and tiny and everybody was telling me, oh, the teen years, it's going to be really rough. And not to be mean, but haha, on those people that tried to make me accept something that the culture was putting forth as this is the way it has to be. Because again, I'm not perfect. My husband's not perfect. Our kids aren't perfect. But we have worked really hard to be intentional to not do what everybody is doing. Just because it's the norm doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do. And I have three teens now, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. And today I want to share with you a couple of steps, four steps to be exact, on how to be intentional in parenting your children so that you do not have to dread the teen years. This can all be applied. It's going to be a different type of application, whether you have a three-year-old or a 13-year-old or a 17-year-old. But let's go through four steps to keep you from dreading the teen years. Are you ready? You can write these down if you want to and... Stay to the end because I've got an action step for you to carry through with this. Okay, number one is you have to decide that you are going to raise children different than the norm. And you're like, okay, Lee, that's pretty simple. I'm going to decide that I'm going to raise children different than the norm. No, this goes deeper than that. It's more than a decision. It is a resolve that that I am not going to walk through the teen years like our society does. And I'm just going to put this out there and tell you that as a Christian, as a believer, like my family is, we have had to say to our children, yeah, you're going to be the different ones out in society, but sometimes you're going to be the different ones even within the church. And you have to be okay with that. And then by our 
children watching us be even the different ones in the way that we parent and how we carry ourselves and what we do in our free time and how we speak about other people, they realize, okay, it's not just me that's being the different one going to youth group or going to soccer practice or going to ballet. It's my parents are different as well. So the first thing that you need to do is decide you're going to raise children different than the norm. And you need to keep a long-term vision in mind because that is what is going to keep you going. I won't sugarcoat this. I'm going to tell you straight up, it's going to get hard at times. Your kids are going to push to do things that you have intentionally decided beforehand that you're not going to be involved in. And there's going to be some kickback. It could be from neighbors. It could be from family. It could be from other people within your church, within your community. There is going to be some type of pushback. And if you keep your long-term vision in mind, you will carry through with these intentional decisions and your why for why you're raising your children the way they are how you are doing it countercultural, the amount of adult years your children will spend as, well, as adults, is way longer than the amount of time that they will spend as a teenager. And so your goal is focused upon the adults that you want out in the world, not necessarily catering to what um, the whims of society is at that time. Okay, so number one is you're going to decide you're going to raise your children different than the norm. The second step is that you need to be okay being the different one. Now you're homeschooling. You are already the different one. This is just an extension of it. And when you homeschool, <laughs> people often are like, well, they homeschool. They're already, they're definitely going to be weird. And so to be honest, I think people accept our differentness in our parenting just because we do homeschool and they expect that. So it kind of gives you a little bit of a free pass there. They're like, oh, they homeschool, eh, eh, whatever. They just kind of wave you off and they're like, yeah, they're already kooky and weird. <laughs> so totally own it. Use it as a way of being like, eh, they're just, they're just, just going to accept that we're weird and I don't have to explain myself as much as if maybe I didn't homeschool my kids. Okay, so you're already the different one because you're homeschooling, but we have to realize that there's lots of little decisions beyond just education. There's decisions that we make regarding technology and a lot of how we can do that can be very countercultural and people will think it is weird. Again, they will accept it in time, be like, oh, that family, they don't give their kids phones. And at first they'll ask lots of questions, but eventually they just kind of get off your back and that's just the way that you are. So understand that in the beginning, there, you might ruffle some feathers, you might get people kind of curious, you might cause a little bit of a wave. But in time, they just accept that's just the way that you are. But there's going to be lots of other little decisions in how we spend our time. What is our focus? What do we do with our time as a family? And what do we do as individuals? Okay, the third step you're going to need to take is you need to decide with your husband. This isn't a decision that we make as a wife alone. We make the decision with our husband about what our rules are. What do we want to be super intentional about? This is so important to do, to know beforehand what are your boundaries, what are the things that we are going to be involved in, and what are the things we're not going to be involved in. And not just to have a list, we do this and we don't do that. That's very legalistic, and that will push children away. But if we approach it in a way that we can explain to them in an age-specific manner as to why we do things and why we don't do things. I'm going to give you an example, and this example doesn't mean that if you don't fall in line the same way that um, James and I do with this, it doesn't mean that you're a bad parent. I'm just going to give you one example and how I would explain that to the different uh, age ranges of my children. One thing that we were intentional about was not doing sleepovers uh, with our children. We didn't have sleepovers in our home, and our children did not spend overnights at other places other than at their grandparents' house or obviously if we were on vacation together somewhere. When my daughter was pretty young, sleepovers started by the time kids were in elementary 
elementary school. And the way that I approached that was, you know, I would ask her if she wanted to go to this friend's house. Now, if I had no idea who these people were, so this, this goes a little bit more even into the sleepover thing. If I didn't know the parents, even if it was just a birthday party for two hours, I would go with her and stay because I don't know these people. I was very intentional about not putting my daughter in a situation where I did not know the adults that were in charge of her. So when it came to a sleepover, if I didn't know that I definitely was not going to allow them. So it was easy in that way to be like, well, I don't know uh, Sally and her parents well, so we're not going to do a sleepover. But as my daughter got older, even if I knew the parents, I just would explain, well, there's sometimes things in sleepovers that you know, we just don't always, we don't know what's going to happen. And as she got older, I was able to explain better some scenarios and situations that I had heard about and had read about. And also some sleepover experiences that I had as a child as well. And I was able then to explain to her the why. I think that it's so important to explain the why to our children in an age-appropriate manner. And as she got older, I was able to explain a bit more. And even though she didn't fully understand the full why when she was six years old, when she was 16, I was able to explain a bit more. And she was able to say, wow, I didn't realize that some of those things could happen at sleepovers. Thank you for protecting me from that. And I know that not all parents are like this. And again, we have to make our own decisions. But I remember distinctly, so my daughter went to public school through second grade, but in kindergarten, her birthday was about a month or so after school started. And she had made a couple of, you know, cute little girlfriends and we invited them over for a birthday party. I had come to know a couple of parents. Some of them were from church as well. But there was one little girl that she wanted to invite. I didn't know who she was. And the grandparents dropped the girl off. She was five years old, dropped her off and just said, what time do you want me to pick her up? And I let them know. And she just was the sweetest little thing. And we had a craft party. It was a lot of fun. But it was never lost on me, the fact that these grandparents just barely introduced themselves, barely didn't even know me. That was the first time they literally had ever seen me and just dropped her off and left her at our house for two hours. And my heart was broken for that because I just couldn't imagine leaving my kiddo somewhere that I didn't know people. It's always been my belief that I don't want to put them into a situation that isn't, that could go awry. And again, nothing maybe happened. And obviously nothing happened at our arts and crafts party. And I was glad that she was there. And I knew that she was in a safe environment. But it just kind of struck me that the parent, the grandparents didn't realize, you know, that there could be an environment that wasn't safe. Okay, so number three is decide with your husband what your rules are. And you really need to know why. And you need to discuss these with your children all along. Don't tell your 15-year-old that they aren't allowed to date. You need to have had that conversation for a long time. And we can dive into this into another podcast if uh, that's something you guys are interested in, if you want to hear more about our philosophy and stuff, how it comes to dating. But to tell suddenly a 15-year-old who has a little interest in, uh, you know, your daughter who's a little interested in another boy and be like, oh, you're not allowed to date right now. No, that needs to be established way beforehand. You can't date until this, until you're 16 or 18, you know, whatever it is your family has decided. I also need to add like a caveat here or a caveat. How do you say that? Caveat? All right. Anyway, you need to understand that your kids aren't, sometimes they aren't going to automatically trust you and they're going to make mistakes. And we need to be able to talk about those mistakes. Just understanding that as they get older, they will look back. (laughs) I do remember not trusting my parents and their decisions. And once I began having children, I was like, ah, yes, that's why they were very protective. And that's why they said no to such things. And I could understand at that time. So we'd spend time explaining our why to our children, but also understand that it will take time and it will take maturity and wisdom and living life 
for them to accept it. It might not be until they're in their 20s or hopefully by then, maybe 30s, when they come around and they realize why you had put those uh, parameters around and those uh, rules and those uh, family goals that you had. The fourth step is that you need to carry through when the rubber meets the road. And I'm going to tell you right now, the rubber is going to meet the road more with some children than with other children. I have some children that have pushed more than other children of mine have. And that is just a part of their personality. And I understand that God is going to use that part of their personalities in great and mighty ways as they get older. But for right now, it is my job to protect them in certain areas. When others question your decisions, why doesn't your 16-year-old have a phone just like everybody else? Be able to explain and give a reason why. Some people don't really want to hear, but be be ready to give, you know, a reason as to why, because you might be able to get them thinking about something that possibly they hadn't thought about or been intentional about. It will get hard at times when, let's say, quote unquote, everybody else is doing something. Everybody's participating in something. Everybody has something. Everybody watches certain types of shows and movies, uh, everybody is going to this type of place. And that doesn't align with your goals of your family. Understand that this is going to happen when your kids are eight as well. Maybe there's a birthday party or some type of uh, scenario that you aren't comfortable with. As an example, I don't know if this ever happened to me or not, but say a child's birthday is around Halloween and we don't celebrate the evilness or the death that is celebrated at that time and a child say one of my kiddos was invited to a haunted house for their for this birthday party I would simply just say no and people may not understand that and that's okay that's just one example of when the rubber meets the road but just understand that it is going to and when you have gone back to step three and you and your husband have decided, you know, what your rules are, and you have your why. You have to know why. You have to have a long-term vision and your reasons for doing so. Because if we don't, then we are just being legalistic in our, you're allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that, and we have no reason why. Our children will come to respect our reasons why, and trust me, trust me, if you have little ones home right now, or pre-teens, tweens, and they are starting to give some pushback, just understand that they will get to the other side. I have, you know, closer to young adults, I feel like right now, and they are starting to kind of see, and we can kind of joke about some things as to why we couldn't do things. I joke with my parents all the time. I laugh about how I wanted to go to a middle school Valentine's Day dance. I thought everybody was going. Turns out my closest best friends weren't going, so I don't have, I have no idea why this seems so important to me. But in order to go, I had to write a four-page paper on why I should get to go. <laughs> Mom and dad, if you're listening to this, just know that I'm laugh- I'm laughing. It is, it is super funny. And I actually went and did that because I wanted to go to this dance so badly. And my kids as homeschoolers don't really quite understand because they have friends that are in school and they're like, nobody wants to go to the dances. I'm like, I know, I have no idea why I wanted to do that. Then. <laughs> but anyway, just understand that someday you will be able to some of these stressful situations, you will get to the other point where, you, where you'll have young adults and you can laugh about it. Okay, so let's go over those four steps one last time. The first thing is you're going to decide you're going to raise children different than the norm. The second is you're going to need to be okay being the different one. 
Third step is to sit down, decide with your husband, what are your rules and what is your why for each of those decisions? And the fourth step is you need to carry through when the rubber meets the road. If you're listening to this and you'd like to connect with me more and connect with other homeschool moms, you have got to get into the Facebook group. It is called Embrace Your Homeschool Lifestyle Community. And there will be a link in the show notes, or you can just head over to Facebook and search for Embrace Your Homeschool Lifestyle Community and yeah, get in some community and I enjoy being able to interact with everybody uh, a bit more over there. If you are in a season where you do have older children, you have maybe tweens or teens and you think it is too late. Lee, these are great steps. I would have really have liked to have known this about 10 to 15 years ago. I'm going to tell you right now, it is not too late. The first thing you need to do is you need to start praying about the changes you want to make. What is it that is stirring in your heart that you are not aligned with and you don't like the course of direction of things, then you need to get with your husband and you need to discuss this and you two need to be on the same page. And when you decide that there are some changes to make, you need to be open with your children about the changes and why. Explain to them what God is working in your heart and what is the the areas that you are feeling really uncomfortable about and why. And it's going to be possibly a little bit of a rockier transition if your kids are older. And that's understandable because things were cruising along pretty well for them. And now you're like, no, we're, we're headed down a road of rebellion or laziness or bad attitude that is not in line with um, the people that we are trying to raise. And they're going to give you some pushback and give grace in that understanding that you probably would push back if you were their age as well. And you would push back if somebody was completely trying to change the course of your life or what you thought it was at that time. If your tweens and teens respect you, they will eventually respect this decision. You need to carry through when the rubber meets the road. That's four step is going to be really integral and you're really going to uh, need to just hunker down and say, this is what we're doing. Now, if you have young kids, I'm going to ask that today you set your stake in the ground and you say, our kids, when they get older, the teenage years aren't going to look like everybody else's teenage years that we are seeing, the models of the teenage years that we get from the television and from movies, that's not what's going to happen in our family. And so if you have made that decision that we are going to change course or my children are younger and we are going to actually get ourselves on a course, I want you to jump into that Facebook group and I want you to post it and tell us about the changes you're making. Let us know how we can pray for you. And I am just so excited. I promise that it is worth the time. It is worth the effort. It is worth the emotions. It is is worth the slight upheaval and it is completely worth it to be different than the rest of the culture. If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.